Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to this powerful message by David Entry at Caris Phase 2, our Christ-centered youth services. You can never find Christ outside of the open word of God. May Jesus Christ reveal himself to you as you listen. When we talk about revival, what do we mean? Revival means that the simplest way is God has come to town. Realistically and existentially, what does it mean in day-to-day living? When we say God has come to town, it's like people are becoming aware of God more and responding affirmatively to God. Now, when we use the word affirmatively, that means in the positive. So you are responding affirmatively to God means that you are responding towards God positively. When many people begin to respond to God positively from a jurisdiction, from a community, from a congregation, from a group of people, it means there's revival. How many of you felt that, oh, yeah, this church thing, I don't do this church. So you came and you realized, actually, this is what I've been looking for. And sometimes you, you, you came in and you're not, you're not sure what to, what to think of this. No, 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 I don't, no, no, I don't agree with this, but I want, no, no, that's, they have something I don't have. I, 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 I want what they have. And sometimes you see somebody, you don't understand everything, but you know there's something authentic. The, the, the truth, what these people are doing is not fake. You know, I, I want this. And your, your heart is hungry by the time you realize you want it. You're excited about it. You're also on the street telling people about Jesus. And people who have known you in the past are wondering, what's wrong with you? What has become of you? And you used to more people who have been preaching in the street, but now you are so happy to do it now. Your revival. Because in your right sense, you wouldn't have done that. But because you have now responded to God, God is working through you, flowing through you joyfully, and you are happy about it. You are happy to do what in the past you, you were cursing people for doing. Revival means someone's heart is open to God. Open to God for God to use them. Revival means when we say God has come to town, it means this is very important. Very, very important. There is no revival when people are not getting born again daily. And God added to the church daily. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. God added to the church daily. Daily, such as should be saved. Daily. When there's revival, people get born again every day. And I'm, talk, I'm not talking about people who just come, mm, I like it, okay, okay, I like it. Jesus given, but they don't mean it. Okay, and this one, people, people mean it. That's when you are preaching to someone and the person is crying. And you are even confused. Why is this person crying? What did I say something? How many of people have preached to someone and the person crying? And you, 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 it's, it's, it's very humbling. How many of you, it's a very humbling, humbling experience. You are preaching to someone and the person is crying and you are wondering, wow, God is using me. <laughs> Because you couldn't have planned it. You, and sometimes you wish I knew what I said so I can say more of it. <laughs> and then you went, this is funny, you go and preach to another person and they curse you. <laughs> Sorry, if you, have no, if you are not in the work business of God using you, you might not be familiar with what I'm talking about. But a lot of people are laughing because they know exactly what I'm talking about. You face discouragement and encouragement. When there is revival, people genuinely respond to God. Yesterday we had a testimony of a gentleman. He said, I used to smoke and I used to drink. He said, I have a secret place I've been going. I go and buy, I'll drink and smoke and drink. He said, and I've heard this a few times, so many times, not just a few, so many times. People say, I've been to a lot of churches, but when I stepped in Caris, yes. my, my life has changed. Some, some of you have families that are deep in churches. 
Maybe your father, your mother, your uncle, your auntie is actually a church leader or a pastor. And you were in church, but this thing didn't mean anything to you. So you came into a revival center. Then you realize, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, this thing is real. And then you compare notes. In the revival center and where you are coming from, you are wondering, but this, this is God. Doesn't mean where you are coming from is bad, but when we talk about revival, it's very clear that people are not getting born again in some other places. So when there is revival, people get born again regularly and on a daily basis. Today, somebody will be born again. Yesterday, somebody got born again. It's an irregular. Sometimes within the congregation of the saints, sometimes outside of the congregation, some of you will be speaking to somebody and then the person is saved. And then the person is saved. Amen. It's important. You'll be preaching to people and they are changing. Their lives. Their lives. There's a difference. So that is revival. That is revival. People come to a center and you live with an encounter. You, you know you are not the same. You know, no, I can't go back to the kind of life I used to live. You haven't seen Christ if you still go back to the pit. There are a lot of churchgoers in a lot of places, they don't change. They don't change. They go back, it's like Second Peter chapter 2, verse 22. A pig has gone back to the mare and the dog has gone back to his vomit. The dog will throw up. Then say, ah, this thing, I have to take it back into my belly. I like it. Ah, ah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I didn't say it's in the Bible, so the Bible is making you sick. Yes, that's how some of you can make God sick too. So you can imagine. Now I understand why Jesus said, I'll throw you out of my mouth. You are born again and you have gone back to your boyfriend's room. And because of you, Jesus is throwing up in heaven. Ugh, 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 all over. The angels are all joining Jesus. Ah, ugh, because of you. And he said, God bless me. For where? <laughs> How can God bless you who make him sick? So when we talk about revival, we're actually talking about Changed lives with proofs, notable evidence. Today, you can confidently, even though you might still have one or two personal struggles, you can confidently call yourself a genuine Christian. Ah! I, I do I have some genuine Christians in the house? And you know, it brings so much peace and joy. It brings so much uh, authenticity to yourself. When you are genuinely changed, it is called regeneration. You have been regenerated. The life of God has been impacted into you. And now, your communication lines have been re restored. You can talk to God anytime and not feel condemned. Hallelujah. You can talk to people about Jesus. Why? Because you have encountered Jesus. And when this kind of encounters or this kind of experiences are widespread, then there's revival. When it's not widespread and it's not on a regular basis, it's not revival. When there's revival, people are getting... How many of you have seen someone who has gotten born again you are shocked? What? You know these guys, you're also born again. You're now in church and you can see the genuineness. Yeah. It's different when you don't see this. Some people say, I'm not going to church. But there's no difference between when they are in church and they are not in church. I'm talking about when you can see the genuineness. That's why I get concerned when Christians, two things that must always happen with Christians. When you're a Christian, listen to this very carefully. It might help you. Listen, yesterday as I read my Bible, I saw, Paul said, men and brethren, listen to us. Oh, okay. In Acts chapter 13. Then I saw, 
So I realized from verse 14, somewhere in the middle, the teens. So I realized, verse 15 or so, when they beckoned them to speak, they said, men and brethren, listen to us. Then they started talking about Jesus Christ. Paul stood up and said, Israel, listen. So he stood up and said, listen. So okay. So me too. Listen. Listen to me. When you are born again, listen to me very carefully. I'm about to say some very interesting things. Very interesting things. The reason why you will, you will have problems with certain people called Christians. Some of the things I'm about to say. The lukewarm Christians. They are usually big mouth. They don't say anything about Christianity until a genuine Christian begins to show up. Then they speak loud. Because they want, they want to defend their lukewarmness. They want, they, 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 and they hate you. They will tell you, why are you preaching to somebody? Because they have been with these people for months. They've never preached to them. They're actually drinking with them and dancing with them. So you began to tell them that you know you need to give your life to Jesus. Then they get upset for, why are you preaching to them? It's normal with lukewarm Christians. They attack genuine Christians. Lukewarm Christians. Some of you, you were okay until you started going to church very serious. And that your fake auntie, who has always been dying, praying to kill demons, suddenly, suddenly he's telling you we are all Christians. We are all Christians. I've been Christian longer than you. Excuse me. You've been Christian longer than me, and so what? Show me your fruits. Show me your fruits of Christianity is not prayer. Wake up every morning and log on to online people praying. And most of those prayers are about demons and about personal breakthroughs and what it's not about souls. Most of those prayers are not about souls. Most of those prayers are not about growth of churches. Most of those prayers are not about the purpose of God in the community, the move of God. Most of those prayers are about demons must die, about somebody doesn't like you. Your enemies must die. God, fire, call fire and fire. And most useless African mothers and fathers sometimes lack these things. They love it. They love it. And they won't go to church. They are sitting home watching video, watching YouTube, and sending offerings. They said, bring the money right now. Bring the money right now. They are sending. They tell you, this one is powerful. This one, but, but they don't have any commitment to God. They don't have any. And they are the ones to run their mouth first when you start getting serious with God. Those people. You have become a Christian. Your friends are the same. You still go to same parties, same holidays. You are, you are not a serious Christian. I put it to you. I know, do you know why I'm saying this? And I said, listen, before I said that, I said, I warn you. Because there are a lot of lukewarm Christians who tell you, I have a lot of Muslim friends. Do you preach to them about Christ? What, show me one of your Muslim friends who have come to Christ. Show me one of your nightclub friends who have come to Christ. Before you tell me, you are a witness or you are, you are an example to them. Don't tell me about how nice you are. A thief can be nice. Anybody at all can be nice. Oh, that's for me. I don't, I don't quarrel with anybody. I, I get on with everybody. That is what even shows me that you are not a serious Christian. Because if you are a serious Christian, you won't get on with everybody. But you are standing for something strong. Yes. You are not revived if you are able to get on with everybody. Everybody. Everybody is important. We are all gods. You see, the Hindu philosophy is coming now. I got born again very early in my life. When I do this, I'm about to say, listen. Say it for me. Listen. I got born again. I saw it in the Bible. So me, I'm open for it in the Bible, okay? Acts chapter 13, verse 16. Easy to remember, 13 and 16. Yeah, it's easy to remember. First Samuel 16, 13. They pour oil and David. And the Holy Spirit came on from 16, 13. This one is 13, 16. See, the, the way you play with scripture. I love scripture, you know. Like, I love scripture. So it says that, Listen. You are not listening. Listen. <laughs> I got born again very early in my life. Some of you, I was younger than you when I got born again. And when I got born again, I became a 
genuine Christian with all my heart, you will not find me where there is sin. I don't. I, won't. I was always loving God in church, reading my Bible, preaching, praying, and I was a student, studying. If you come around me, I'll preach to you. There were times my, I was in a boarding school. My seniors, you know, when you see seniors, you are careful because they will, they will intimidate you and bully you. But seniors started running away from me. They see me coming, they will change their diet because this guy is going to preach to me. Some of my friends, when they see me coming, they leave. When I enter classroom and they are having a conversation, as soon as I enter, the whole class comes quiet. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's how much, how, that's how much effective my genuineness for Christ was. I entered, I was in the class, maybe I went to do something, and we will be talking and doing it. As soon as I come, the conversation says, changes, they get quiet because maybe they're talking about girls. I come, they can't continue. They stop because if they continue, I'll just later, one, of, one after the other, I'll preach, I'll preach the devil out of you. <laughs> so they don't, they don't want preaching. Hallelujah. And look at my saying, look at where I'm standing. 30 years down the line. Look at where I'm standing. There's a platform that a global giant has stood. Archbishop. I hosted Archbishop. Look at where I'm standing. I've preached on international platforms. Caris is changing many lives. Look at where I'm standing. These are fruits. How did I get here? I have, so if I'm telling you about how to do it, I've got works to show. Do you understand that? That neighbor who is telling you, you don't have to be on fire, you don't have to be preaching to people, you don't have to go to church every day to show you're a Christian, ask them their fruits. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, it's the same thing, John 10, 38, I believe it might be that. He said, if you don't believe, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I'm in the Father. So he says that, my works are a reflection of my message. If my message, if God is with me, it will show in my results. John chapter 3 verse 2. No man can do these things except God be with him. There is a version of Christianity that tells you most of what we stand for is not necessary. Don't forget what I'm saying. It's not necessary. And the lukewarm Christians are the ones who do that. They tell you that there's nothing wrong with sleeping with a dog, a cat, a bull, or a, uh, or a rat. They tell you that once, once you are not hurting the rat, they'll tell you. I'm telling you. Go to the occult, some occultic places. There are people who says I'm a Christian, but I also practice Satanism. There are people who tell you, I'm a Christian, but I also believe in Allah. There are people who tell you, I'm a Christian, but every now and then I go to the Hindu temple with my friends because I'm standing with them. I'm, I'm teaching you something very strong when it comes to revival. You see, that's what politicians don't like. And the same reason why Hitler killed the Jews is the same reason why they hate Christians. The Jews will not mix. They don't mix. They tell you, no, you are not one of us. We can't mix you. And when you, are, when you become a Christian, you don't exclude people, but for some reason, you can't be in some companies. You just can't be. And in your schools, people will pick up and gang up against you. They will tell you you are antisocial. They will tell you you are funny. They tell you you are like that simply because, or your workplace, simply because you don't go for work what? Work do. Work drink. What do you say? Socials. What do you say? Work social. Yeah, that's there. Work drink. Work, work social. Meanwhile, this social is about drinking. This social is about partying. This social is about binge, a lot of stupidity. That you, now that you are enlightened, you can see that this is disgusting. 
These socials, some places depend on where you are. Some of the socials are going to a go-go club. Yes. yes. Private clubs. Going to places. Going, oh, I'm telling you. And when you don't do it, they won't promote you. When you don't do it, they say, oh, yeah, something. And they find every means to exclude you. And if you are not, that's why if you are a Christian, you must be so productive and top at your work. They are afraid to tell you to go because if they lose you, the work is losing. Else, they will let you go because they think you don't belong here. But you are not sociable. You are not one of us. And that was what was faced, or the challenge that faced the believers in the early church. They even lost businesses because they won't advertise for alcohol. So, okay, if your TV station will not advertise for alcohol, you won't get money. You are going to shut down. If your hotel will not allow prostitutes to come in to do their job, then the big companies, they will not bring business to you. So many companies in our modern days are biting into certain norms, which most of them may not even believe. But you have to do it so that your company will look like, yeah, you fit. That means that you are antisocial, so they turn against you. It's a serious situation we are getting. That when you take a stand for Christ, even in your family, you'll be persecuted. In your family. Your so-called Christian family. <laughs> your so-called Christian family. They can't deny your life has changed. They can't deny your life has changed, but they think this your Jesus thing is not a normal one. You have joined a cult. You have joined a cult. He said, they are deceiving you. They are deceiving you. Some of them have made a mistake. I want to go and listen to what you are listening. And then when they get, uh, oh, I'll give my life to Jesus. I mean, I'll give my life. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you have to understand that this is the nature of revival. People will be hated. People will be marginalized. Some of you will be hated by your people you, talk with, you thought were your friends. But it's not because you are wrong. It's because they are wrong. When people are dead, see, if I, I jump on my, uh, I put my legs up and my feet down. Do you know all of you will be upside down? <laughs> I'll see all of you upside down. I'll see, look at this boy. They are walking upside down. But it's rather me that I'm upside down. It makes me see everybody upside down. So most of the time, when people are skilled, they see people who are right and straight. So you don't have to be bullied, intimidated to reject Christ because friends are not encouraging you. Friends are not receiving you. Look at the text we just read. Bible says that at Lyconium. Now, it happened in Iconium. Iconium that they went both together into the synagogues of the into the synagogues of the, and what did they do? They speak. Give us New King James. And they, and so spoke that a great multitude, both Jews and Greeks believed. The means to believing is speaking. How many of you have attempted to preach and another Christian is telling you, me too, I'm a Christian. But there's no need. There's no need. <laughs> uh, those are the, the Judaizers, the hypocrites. And they like that a lot, especially the, the, some of them are not even Christian, but just that they are familiar with church. They go to church every Sunday. It doesn't mean you're a Christian. Your father can be a bishop, and yet you are on your way to hell way to hell. Don't let anybody intimidate you and tell you how long they've been in church. It's not necessary. Show me your works. Tell them, I want to believe what you are saying, but what you do shout so much, I can't hear what you say. Show me your works. That tells me you're a Christian. Show me your works. There are a lot of fake people who call themselves Christians, but they are nauseating. They make Jesus sick. They make Jesus sick. They don't have any witness for the Lord. I'm not talking only preaching about Jesus, but even a lifestyle to 
back your, your claims of walking with the Holy Spirit. For goodness sake, if the Holy Spirit is really in you, let's see some holy fruits. Because there's the fruits of the Spirit. It's not your fruits. If he's there, why are his fruits? Where are the fruits of the Spirit? It's not tongues. Tongues is not one of the fruits. Please, it's good to speak in tongues. But it's not the fruit of the... Fruits shows that the evidence, the manifestation, the results, the fruits of your relationship with that girl is what you have. You know what I'm saying? The fruit of your relationship with that, that man is what is happening now. So a fruit of a ma- husband and wife, the fruit of their relationship is the child. It, it's produced. So fruit is something that results. It's a resultant effect of something else, the presence of something else. So if the Holy Spirit is there, he said, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. These things must be there. So, in Iconium, they went and it says that it came, they went to the synagogue of the Jews and spoke, and a great multitude, both Jews and Greeks, believed. They went to the synagogue of the Jews. Say, synagogue of the Jews. Synagogue. Say it again. Synagogue. Can I come down at all? They went to the synagogue of the Jews. What is What's the meaning of that? Usually when people were going to preach in the early days, they were, you read the Bible. In Acts chapter 13, the one I spoke about, verse 15, verse 14, 15, they went to the synagogue. Even Jesus was doing his preaching in the synagogue. The synagogue was not the best place in the sense that um, the synagogues, that's the, where the Pharisees and the hypocrites, they were all there. But that was a ready audience for God. God can eat because they talk about the word of Jehovah God. So you can start from there. They always went to the synagogue first. So when they went to Iconium, they went to the synagogue of the Jews and spoke. Abu says that at the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke. They spoke in a way that great multitude believed. Great multitude. The way you speak matters. Went to the synagogue of God of the view and preached in such a way that multitudes, say multitudes, multitudes, both Greeks and Jews, believed. Now, Iconium was a Greek territory. It wasn't in Jerusalem. It wasn't in Palestinian territory. It was outside of where the Jews were. But the Jews spread everywhere. So wherever they spread, you find their synagogues there. So these, these people who were preachers were also Jews. And so they go first because that's their place of fellowship. So they start from their place of fellowship. Sometimes you can start with the people you know. Start with the people you know. Tell them about Christ. Tell them about Christ. So they went to the Iconium and preached. Now look at the verse 2. Something happened. Whenever Christ begins to move, this reaction will happen. But the unbelieving Jews, so Jews, some Jews believed, but they were a number of them who didn't believe. Is it not interesting that we can all hear the same message? Mm. But some will believe and some, it has always, even when Jesus was preaching, Jesus himself, he preached and some believed, some didn't believe. In John chapter 6, verse 66, it says that, and from that time on, or from verse 62, rather, from that time on, many of his disciples, from that time on, 66, many of his disciples, these were even not people who have not been believed. These are people who have, he's discipling, They've listened. He preached another message from that time of many of his disciples left him and went and walked with him no more. Be ready for people not to walk with you anymore. So he said that the unbelieving Jews, that, that's the problem. The, the, the problem there is that the unbelieving Jews, listen to this. Did you see the next word? S-T-I-R-E-D. What? What did they do? They stirred up the Gentiles, and what did they do? Poison, Poison not their stomach. The, the way you are thinking. The, these unbelieving Jews had, listen, people will always talk against you when you take a stand for Christ. And sometimes the way they will talk, it looks so believable. Others who are not aware and have not met you will believe before they see you. People will hate you without a reason. They will hate you. You'll be shocked. What have I done? 
Satan is moving their heart and it starts with the unbelievers. When I say unbeliever, unbelieving Jews. Those who, are, who so-called call themselves Christians or religious, they are the ones who normally start persecution. The unbelieving Jews. He said, the unbelieving Jews, let's read it aloud, let's go. See what they did? So suddenly, you know, Annie, you see Annie and you're going to say hello. Okay, you come and try and say hello to me. And then he walks away. What's going on here? And then Ricardo also was coming. You see Ricardo, you are going to say hello. He behaved like that. He blanks you. <laughs> How many of you know that's not nice? You feel so marginalized. You feel so excluded. It's, it's painful when you know you are very innocent and genuine. Somebody has poisoned their minds. It's called Christianity. They will poison people's minds against you. The media does it. They will tell you Christians are uh, Islamophobic. Christians are so tolerant that wishy-washy Christians become over-tolerant. Oh, yeah. Because Christianity is embracing, all-inclusive. You don't have to tick a box before we accept you. So then when you are a lukewarm and even a Christian who doesn't understand Christianity well, you can open your door for people to come and be fornicating your house in the name of, you know, I love everybody. I have to, you know, you, have to, you don't have to discriminate. I love everybody. When people are ready to look for God. They will know who to look for. So your job is to stay faithful to Christ. When God has people, he's calling. He has to first check who he can send to you. How faithful you are before he begins to send the people who he's calling to be genuinely discipled. Matthew chapter 23, I think verse 17, 18, 19. said, woe to you, scribes, hypocrites. And see, you trample land and sea. So verse 15. What to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, this is Jesus speaking, hypocrites, you travel land and sea to win one, pro a proselyte is someone who is not a Jew, but you manage to convert them to practice Judaism. You travel, they will do everything to win one proselyte, and when he is won, you make him twice as much the son of hell like yourself. Yeah, yeah like yourself, but twice. Son of hell, because you are hypocrites. You look like you are genuine, but you are hypocrites. Look at the next verse. What to you, scribes and hypocrites? Jesus was serious on them. What to you, blind guys who say, Whoever swears by the temple is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the, of the temple, you know, one uh, uh, is obliged to perform it. Uh, money, 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 money. Whoa, look at the next one. Jesus will not let them go. Fools. And blind. For which of uh, which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? Look at the next verse. And uh, let's go to the next verse. Uh, another woe, another woe. I think uh, verse 20. Oh, this is this are serious words. Let's go to verse 20. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrite. No woe. Woe means that hey, trouble. The strongest in the strongest terms. Trouble upon you. You are doomed. Jesus Christ, he didn't come to condemn, but these people faced a lot of woe, woe, woe because of their behavior. They are the leaders of the synagogue, but they were killers in the synagogue. Woe, and when you go Matthew chapter 23, full of woe, 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 woe. So there are people who call themselves Christian when others come, and what I, what I realize is that they call themselves Christians and they are, everybody knows they are normal. They don't, there's nothing Christian about them. Until somebody starts saying that, I went, I went to church, now I'm in Christ. I want to say, that's when they want to show, oh, it, that's when they want to show they are also Christians to help you. So some of you, now that, some of you, now that you are Christians, some people will rise to begin to want to teach you how to be a Christian. Meanwhile, when you were not Christian, they used to be, they used to be around. They never contributed to your life. And they were never Christian enough 
to keep you hot for Jesus or to get you hot for Jesus. Now that you are hot for Jesus, they think they have the right to contribute and guide you how to keep your, your heat. Meanwhile, they don't have heat. Hey, I'm preaching. I've been around so many, so many years as a genuine Christian. Even in church life, I see people, I know, me, I can't get on with you. This, your version of Christianity is very different from my version of Christianity. A version of Christianity that lies so comfortably. You can lie so comfortably. You can quarrel, you can insult people, misbehave so comfortably, and that's fine with you. Just, you, 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 you can be so fake, so comfortably. That's not a kind of Christianity. That's not a Christianity. Listen! So, that statement, that, that word in verse 2 of Acts chapter 14, very strong, poisoned. How did they point? They stared. So they stared. See, the, the, the Jews, sorry, they were, sorry, they were stared up. Oh, sorry, they stared up the Gentiles. So the Gentiles was okay. Things they have not been thought about, they brought it to their attention. That this is the way they are doing it. There's something wrong. How, why did he, why did he, how can he say that? How can he, how can he, how, why is he saying that if you are not a Christian, uh, uh, God will not, God can forgive you? Why is he saying that it's only Jesus you can be forgiven? All these things, it brings division. It's the, God, they, they broke things out of a person and state things that are not even realistic. That's why you have to be very careful when you are joining people to attack someone who is a Christian. You have to be very careful. Because for all you may know, it, it, it has, the person has been grossly misrepresented and they are poisoning your minds. The devil likes that using people to poison their mind against believers. And I'm just telling you, many minds will be poisoned against you. Both in your family, in your workplace, your universities, in this country, on media. Some of you, until you break ties with some of the junk old friends, the only connecting between the two of you, or you and them, is when you get a chance to speak Christ. You don't tell them, I hate you. No, you don't. You can't hate if you're in Christ. You can't hate people if you're in Christ. You can't hate sin. Your hatred for sin makes you, I can't hang around with some people. No, you can't, you can't. But you have to make it clear. You have to make it clear that I don't belong to this kind of territory. Remove yourself from some of the group chats they've been putting naked girls in. They've been talking against Christians. Remove yourself. Some of the group chats that they've been posting all kinds of things that are not edifying for your spiritual pursuits. Always talking about boys. Always talking about oh, that boy is cool. Ah, oh, that boy, when I saw him. Oh, have you seen that one? Remove yourself from some of those group chats. Always gossiping about others. Talking about somebody, and this girl did this. This girl, girl, most girl group chats is about gossip. Remove yourself. Don't wait to be excluded. Remove yourself. Tell them, girls, no hard feelings. No hard feelings. I just, I, I just, I'm going through a state in my life. I need a bit of exclusion. I love you guys. We'll catch up later. Remove yourself. Remove yourself. Because the way to your heart is your mind. So, I wanted to say this. Number one, when you are a Christian, that's why I said, listen, when you are a Christian, if you keep hanging out with people who are not going in the same direction, they don't go in the same direction you are going, you will end up missing your flight. When you are a Christian, Look for other like-minded Christians and bond with them. Number two, this is a very important point. You need a clean break from your past. You need a clean break from your past. Say, I need a clean break from my past. Say it again. You know, the truth is some of us don't have any strange past. I was a very good boy. So I don't have strange past. However, when I, I met Christ, there was a clear dichotomy, a clear difference between the kind of things I used to, I used to dance a lot and everything, the kind of things I used to do and what I do. No. There was a clear difference. Even things I wear changed. Some of you, since you became born again, your wardrobe hasn't changed. 
pretty little thing. It might not change immediately, but conversion is not slow. It's like you have changed. So get a clean break. Some of you may have to go and shave your hair, have a decent haircut. That your hair is not a sin. It's not a sin. But it ties you so directly close to where you are coming from. Your presentation, your clothes. Listen, that your clothing, what you wear, is not a reflection of who you are. It doesn't define who you are. But it reflects something serious about you. It tells us a lot about you. Why would a police officer wear a uniform? When there's a function, and security officers, then they are, they are supposed to wear... When the road, they are building roads. If you are going there, helmet for safety. But some of it is to identity. What you wear, when you go to the airport, the um, BA, check index, they are all in uniform. You just know who works with BA. You know who works with Qatar. You know who works with Emirates. You know who works with Nigeria Airlines. Yeah. So, we don't have to make too much noise about what people wear. You can wear this. That's not the message. However, when there is a change in your life, it begins to show in your, the way you even present yourself. Because the way you present yourself is the starting point of your, uh, your message. Wow. The starting point of your message. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. Just big up Jesus. Big up Jesus. Big up. One of the reasons why, listen to me. One of the reasons why, listen. Listen. Oh, I don't get you. Listen. I don't get you. Listen. One of the reasons why we do suits here. Mm. When you go to some churches, like I say, Hillsong, you just go in your trainers. Is there a sin? No way. Some of it is nice, cool. But the reason why we do this is we are intentionally getting a clean break from who we used to be, where we are. And also, there are a great number of people here and your background, you don't dress formally. You dress like a gangster since you were a child. There's no, nothing formal about you. But where you are going, it requires some formal presentation. So I, I, I believe that we create a formal atmosphere for people to learn how to present. Some of you ladies, you don't even know how to wear heels. Oh yeah. You didn't know how to wear heels. You didn't know how to do your hair nice regularly. And you didn't know how to dress formally. Every dress you have is like you are going to the beach. But there must be other aspects of your life. So we intentionally create this formal atmosphere for our work with God and our worship with God. I mean, since many of these young men came to church, three pieces. Three piece suit and pocket square. Some of you, now your identity is pocket square. Every time there's pocket square. And the girls like girls, don't you like it? It's nice to have some executive men around you. Yeah. Enough of the gangsters, least sometimes. So it's not by force you have to wear a certain cloth before you fit in. It's just necessary. When you're a lady and you're having gotten a decent break, you still keep attracting flies. Keep attracting flies. Wow. There, there must be a decent break. Some of us, especially those who are coming from wild territories, there must be a wild break. Everybody says, hey, is that you? Wow, what's happening to you? You've changed. That alone, you don't even say anything. They see you, they know, why my goodness? This guy looks like a gentleman. Wow. And they begin to want to know what you've got to say. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So they went to Iconium to preach. Let me run up and finish now. Tell somebody, I need a clean break from my past. I need a clean break from my past. So some of your old friends, especially people who have, who used to do things with you. Yeah. Let them know enough. You let them call you names. As for names, it's normal. It goes with being a Christian. 
If they haven't started calling you names yet, that means you have not been caught enough. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, 11, 12. Blessed are you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11. Blessed are, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. You are blessed. You don't, you don't need prayer. That's why he said you are blessed. Jesus said it. Now look at it, verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted the prophets were before you. So when they called you all kinds of names falsely, they called you, one of their translations, they will call you names, all kinds of names, for my name's sake. They are calling you, hey, the Pope is coming. Yes, the prophetess is coming. Mary. Madam Mary is coming. Madam Terry. And in your absence, they have described you. So when you come, they are using terminologies that you can tell is to spite you. Yeah. They will be saying a lot behind your back. When you come, they say, hmm. Ah, welcome. <laughs> then they ask. When, when is the next church service? Yeah. Tell them, oh, it's tomorrow. <laughs> Make sure when you are coming, you come with your food then. Make sure when you go and you are coming back, come with your own food. Mm -hmm. There will be mothers, mothers. When mothers join persecution, and most of the time, they are the ones who pay the heaviest price later. Mothers are always quick to block you from going to church too, too much until the West begins to show. Then they are looking for pastors to pray. And they tune in online. So they, they stirred up their minds and poisoned people. Now let's go to this last one. Bible says that, verse 3, therefore, give us, yeah, they, therefore they stayed there, how long? Don't be quick to run away. Don't be quick to run away because they are persecuting you. They are saying all kinds of things against you. The revival warrants that as you say, God will silence all of them. Stay your grounds. And he says that, therefore, they stayed there a long time, a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord. Wow, I like that one. And you will give God opportunity to also bear witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Mm. Now, once you stay your ground, God will also prove himself. That's how revival starts. Then you see people begin to respond to God. They respond to God. Now you see, let's go down the effects. You see what happened. It's very interesting. Verse 4 says that, but the multitude of the city was divided and part held with the Jews and part with the... Can you imagine? So the Jews were, some people say, well, okay, we are, we, the, the, those who are poisoning our minds, I think we agree with them. Others said, no, 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 no. These people are genuine Christians. These people are good. What they are doing is nothing wrong. I don't agree with you. So the, this, the whole city was deep. But that's why politicians don't like Christians. Because the Christian message can bring a wedge. The pure Christian message can bring a wedge between people. Why? Because when people are not ready to change. They will fight the message and they will fight those who change. So the one who has accepted the message, suddenly, the one who doesn't accept the message feels that you are my enemy. Jesus said, don't think I brought peace. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 36 downwards. said, I came with a sword. What kind of preaching? We don't, you don't want us to preach this one, this one. Jesus said that we should be quiet about what Jesus said. You don't think... That I came to bring peace on earth. What? I not come to bring peace, but a sword. Ah! What's the meaning of this? Look at it. Go to Nevis. For I have come to set a man against his father. Oh, no. Our pastor, you said we should honor our father. This is not a matter of honor. This is not about honor. It's there will be disagreement. Because you have taken a stand. They want you to do something against your convictions. But your convictions in Christ are so strong now, they turn against you for not doing what they want you to do.
He said, I don't think I brought peace because I'm about to light fire in your heart. The fire will make you take a stand that some of your friends will turn against you because of your stand. I just don't say, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. It, it comes normally. And it, 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 might, it doesn't have to come from your family. Because some of us, our families are so Christian. So they, are, they, they don't care. See, the way your mom, your mom used not to care whether you go and spend overnight somewhere, whatever. You become born again to some of the mothers, they still don't care. I mean, as long as you are alive, you are okay. <laughs> so you might not even know what I'm talking about. But the other mother, you know, who has trained his, her son or her daughter in a certain way, suddenly you say you are not going to church with me again. You are going to the, where, where? Where? He said, you will leave this house. You will leave this house if you don't come to church with me. And those people you are following, I'm warning you. You know, it becomes tension. Meanwhile, she's now doing the dishes more. This young lady is doing more dishes now. She's doing the laundry. She's doing better in school. And that should make the mother happy. But the mother said, no, you have to follow me to church. My friends are asking, where is your daughter? Your mother, mothers and their friends. It's important. It means a lot to them. So he said, I came with a sword to turn, hey, Jesus, Jesus. A daughter against a mother and a daughter-in-law against a mother-in-law. Hey, verse 36. And a man's enemies will be those who, they, who, who are their inner core. Your closest friends are now going to turn against you. So they poisoned their heart, but God did more miracles. But what I'm trying to let you know is people will turn against you when you take a stand for Christ. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And don't be worried when people turn against you. And what is interesting is when they turn against you, they are not quiet. They go and now stare at other people to pollute. The Bible uses poison their minds against you. And sometimes you feel so isolated. You feel so betrayed. That the person you were even praying with has now gone to tell them that even your prayer has changed. And when you are praying, they are even scared. That's funny. That's funny. And some people will be, will be, they'll put injunctions on them. Especially when you are under authority. Authority will impose an injunction on you. Yeah. But it's the Christian life that when you read all throughout Acts, you will see. They were living their life, and what I read, they turned people's minds against them. In fact, they plotted to kill them. That's the only reason why they left town. And they went to Iconium, Lyconium, and Lystra and Debbie, and then the crippled man walked. They left Iconium because the people, rulers, plotted to kill them. Is that to use them despicably? Go to the verse 5. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews, with their rulers to abuse and stone them. That's when they left. They became aware of it and fled out of Lystra and Debbie, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding region. They left the place. But look at the next verse. When they went, they started preaching where they were. Hey, these people will not stop preaching. And they were preaching the gospel there where they went. Don't be afraid of persecution. Thank you for choosing to listen to this message by David Entry. We hope you were blessed by it. You can connect with David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including TikTok and Threads. There's also many more messages to listen to from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and on the Carish Church app. Be blessed.